Thanks for checking out Chip Chats. I'm your host, Chip Midnight. On this episode, I chat with Aaron Perino and Stephen Lord of the band Aaron and the Lord. I always enjoy chatting with Aaron, whether it's for something official, being on a Dig Me Out podcast roundtable, or just checking in with each other on social media. Before hitting record on this conversation, I told Aaron how I used to get mail addressed to him because I had interviewed his band, The Sheila Divine, for a website I ran in the early 2000s, and somehow, when crawling the web, his name was added to a mailing list with my address. He joked that I've been ruining his credit score for 20 years, and, well, maybe I have. During the pandemic, I noticed that Aaron was releasing new music on a daily basis on the Sheila Divine Bandcamp page. When he messaged me a few months ago to tell me he had a new album ready to go and ask if I wanted to hear it, I assumed he was just packaging up some of those pandemic songs to put out. I was wrong. Aaron and the Lord is a new collaboration between Aaron and Stephen with brand new songs. In this conversation, you'll hear how the two musicians met, how they got Tanya Donnelly of the band Belly to contribute to four songs, and much, much more. So, without further ado, here's our chat. You were super productive during the pandemic. Like you were releasing music. I don't remember. Was it weekly on Bandcamp? It was da- daily. Daily on Bandcamp. Yeah, yeah. I um, made it seventy song. I think I made it to like seventy or something, and then I just couldn't do it anymore. So, like that's from my perspective, that's absolutely insane. Was it? Uh, did you do it because you were bored? Because you wanted to stay creative, or like what was the reason for doing that? A challenge to yourself. Uh, well, I was unemployed and I was not having any luck finding work and I was like, just kind of going mental. So I was like, and, um, Will, who's playing in this band, he was also in Dear Leader. He sent me, uh, like one of those, whatever preamps that you can plug into your computer. I would, I've never recorded in my life before. Like, I mean, besides four track stuff, like I was always like, I suck at computers. Like I won't be able to do it. And he bought me that thing. And I was like, all right, I'm going to learn this. And so then that was the challenge. And so every day I would just come in with like a new song and um, yeah, it went, you know, I was, it wasn't, the point wasn't like to write like songs I would ever necessarily play. It was to be like, I'm going to write a song like juice world. (laughs) Right. Right. Um, And and if I'm not mistaken, like you, you, you're you're a cook, you're a chef, you've done cooking in the past. I like to cook a lot. Yeah. I'm a, I'm a food passionate. So this might like, I might not be revealing anything. You might be like, of course, like that's exactly why I do it. But I have to imagine like there's some things you cook that are just sort of for um, and maybe not just you, but like, like McDonald's is filling, right. Yeah. And it does the job, but then you spend a lot of time, like nothing you cook. I imagine you've ever done on the first try. You've experimented, you've added stuff. You've is it, do you, does that and your songwriting, are those similar? Like, or yeah, the- I will say, I don't may I like try to never cook anything. That's just filling. Like I'm yeah. always, I, I approach it the same way I write songs. Like I'll be like, and my kids are really into food. And so, you know, my son will be like, dad, I could go for like, kind of like a, you know, spicy chicken sandwich or something. And then we'll watch a YouTube video on it and figure out the best version. And then like, I make it. So yeah. yeah, but I, I definitely approach it creatively. But with your, with your 70 songs, were those more the McDonald's? Like, I'm just going to throw something. I'm, let me just record it quick, not mix it, not master, just get something done. Or were you, were you taking the time on all those songs too? Uh, well, I mean, obviously there's a production um, 
standard that you can't do if you're doing it in one day. So, I mean, it definitely, but I wasn't trying to just like clog the thing. It was more like pushing myself as a songwriter. So I would be like, okay, I'm going to, you know, I would ask like fans or friends about like, what kind of song should I do? And they're like, try to do like a sex pistols thing, you know, like, and I, it was always just more of like, you know, just imitating my the people I love. So. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. It's more like, it's more like going to the gym almost. Like you're just like <laughs> building your muscle, your song. Yeah. Kind of. Cause I will say like that, like the 70 songs or whatever, like that kind of is how it became Aaron and the Lord was just basically I had done, I'd made a bunch of songs. Then I was still making them, but I was just like, I'm not going to release these yet. And then um, a mutual friend of Steven and mine, uh, he's just like, Steven said he would like make a song with you if you want. Like, and, and so I was like, oh yeah, let's do it. So I just emailed him and sent him a song. I'm like, I got, here's one if you want to like play around. And then I loved what he sent back. And then it just kind of like evolved into, okay, now we have 17 of these. Like, right. what are we, what are we going to do? Let's maybe we should be a band. And so that's sort of how that happened. So and Steve, then I, go ahead. I was saying, Steven, what, what was your, uh, like, what was your role? What did you add? Was it production um, stuff or was it actually playing instruments or, or both? it was a little bit of both. It was, it was a lot of production stuff, um, mainly production stuff. If anything, I would add like a few uh, guitar noodles and some ambience, but it was mainly um, a lot of mixing and, and producing and a lot of drumming. Yeah. He, he basically did all the drums. So it was, right. that was like, you know, I would, I had like the stock stuff and then he would be able to, you know, take that out. Right. Right. Cause I, I usually, I usually start in my writing process. I usually start with the, with drums anyway. So it was, I would take what Aaron, what Aaron said and I would just kind of build it uh, with, with my take on, on the drum parts, you know? Right. I, uh, I'm not a musician at all. Like never, I picked up a guitar once and like, honestly, I picked it up in seventh grade and I was an Eddie Van Halen fan and I realized hitting like one note that I would never be Eddie Van Halen. And so I didn't have the patience to learn. So I don't understand the process. So are everything you guys work on, are you recording stuff at home? Are you going to a studio to do it? Or how, how does, how did this album come together? We were going to say we recorded it in Masonic temple. Um <laughs> <laughs> full of Illuminati stuff. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I would, I just recorded it like at my house and then I would send it in and Steven has like more of a, a real studio compared to me. Yeah. But it was all, it was all done in the box. We actually just saw each other for the first time in, in real life last night. So <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. yeah that, I was going to ask that too. If um, I know, I know just, in general, the music world has changed since when you first started, Aaron. Right? That yeah. uh, that maybe maybe you could make albums this way even before the pandemic. Um, were you making records by trading files before? Never really. I never did it till this. But yeah, I will say it's it's definitely fun. Like it, yeah. it, because like one of the things I hate about the studio is like trying to like waiting around for basics to happen. Like, it's just like, I mean, it, I, it's part of the thing, but you know, just like listening to someone play drums for like three hours and then be like, okay, we got it. Now you can do your thing. Like I was so bored. So this like, just make a song, send it. And then it comes back, like sounding incredible. I'm like, this rules. So. Yeah. So Stephen, I'll admit, like, I know Aaron, I know Sheila Devine, I know dear leader. Uh, I don't know anything about you. 
So, uh, <laughs> so, so what should I know I, about you? I, I'm good at, at hiding in the shadows. I like to uh, be the, 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 the producer of things on, on most of my projects anyway. Um, but I've spent um, a good portion of my 20s and now into 30, 30s um, just being um, a touring musician, pretty much. Um, most recently, I was playing in a band called Dirty Bangs, um, and that was kind of uh, like gritty indie pop, I guess. Um, but I do a lot of um, music composition. I write um, songs for ad agencies and 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 brand campaigns and such. So that's primarily what I do. Um, and kind of how I got to this point is especially tracks being sent to me. That's more of like a new pandemic thing rather than being in an actual studio and, and working that way. But um, kind of like, like you, Aaron, I, I like, I, I've never really been a fan of the like traditional studio process. It kind of drives me nuts and I lose patience real fast um, and with dirty bangs, for example, that was extremely fast and dirty. Like I, I like it like that. Um, and with this, it was similar, but since it was during quarantine and this was like what I was this and, um, like Aaron mentioned, um, our friend, uh, mutual friend, Evan, who was in dirty bangs, I'm working on his solo record as well, but those are my only two things that I was working on during the pandemic. So I spent like a little bit more time opposed to like super fast and dirty. Um, but I definitely incorporated most of, um, the aspects of, um, not spending too much time on, on mic positioning. And I just like to get it in and then figure it out after. Right. Right. When, when, uh, when you started, did you start working together sort of like March, 2020, was it like early on in the pandemic or, or were things progressing along? Um, I'm trying to think, I, I don't know what, when it was, I'd, I'd have to like, look at my email. I could definitely tell you if I do that, but, but yeah, it's like, I, it was sort of, I started this, but at the same time I had, uh, reached a friend had connected me and Tanya Donnelly and she's, she's like a fan of both of us and was like, you should, you should, uh, record with Aaron. And so she's like, I'd love to. And then she's like, she totally would do it. So I emailed her at the exact same time as Steven. And I was like, oh, I'm just going to like try to write songs with people. Um, and then we just started, I would just kept sending her things. And then, you know, but before I knew it, like she worked on four songs with me. So then when Steven and I got like four or five songs deep, I was like, I have these Tanya songs. Do you want to mix those? And then, and then it really like sort of became a, a thing like a project and then i was like oh i should try to reach out to some other people and see if they want to collaborate you know i, I aimed high on some and they didn't re respond to my emails so i won't so, call them out but so so that's how it came together you didn't go into this intending like this is going to be a record you're like i want to make maybe make three or four different records one with friends one by myself or i didn't even it, think of it as record i was just like making songs with friends because i was bored um and I really wasn't trying to start a new band really, but then once he had put so much work into it and like, I loved how it sounded and I felt like it was different than things. I was like, I don't know where this fits. Let's just create a new thing and see what it, see where it goes. And then I was able to like, you know, pull in a couple of people from dear leader that I haven't played with in a while. So it was kind of fun to just, I don't know. I always like to like, just play with, 
keep it fresh. So it's like, you know, Sheila Devine's still going. I'm still like, you know, best friends with everybody, but you know, we did a thing. We put out a record. Now I'm doing this. It's, yeah. it's good to get fresh blood. Do you have sort of an unwritten or written rule that um, Sheila Devine records and dear leader records have to have the members of the band, or could you have put this out under one of those names? If you, if you had, I could because I mean Jim uh, Jim retired from the band and you know he just didn't want to play anymore. Yeah. Uh and so I mean I feel like you know Sheila Divine could be the thing but to me Sheila Divine is me Brian and Ryan um and Brian produced Super 8 and all that so yeah. I feel like anything Sheila Divine does it's like that's Brian's like kind of creative project with me and then yeah. Dear Leader is yeah, it's like Paul and Will and John who's so and then this, I don't know, it was like me and Steven. So I was just like, let's make yeah. a new thing. <laughs> no, that's cool. Um, Aaron, you always confuse me geographically where you live. Yeah. Well, I've been I've been in Vermont, but I'm still Boston. So but Buffalo at some point? Like you started in I mean, Buffalo? I grew up I grew okay. up in Buffalo, but I mean, okay. I mean I haven't lived there since I was 18. So. Okay. Okay. Uh yeah, I was never quite exactly sure because you seem to have like fan bases in each location as well yeah i mean buffalo has the real pride you know it's an underdog city so it's like anything anything anyone doing anything they're like very supportive steven where are you uh salem salem mass okay yeah got it and so aaron had did you know tanya from from the past like have you run across to play shows Uh, or anything i mean i don't think i've played shows i i mean i've met her a handful of times i remember the first time i met her was like i was my friend asked me to play his wedding and then she was at it and i was like oh my god it was like all these like kind of boston luminaries i was like so nervous um but then i you know i, I run into her in different places so but i don't i wouldn't say we're like you know buds i'm not a, like i don't pay a ton of attention to lyrics i know that probably hurts you as a lyricist but uh not really and i don't know <laughs> I, I haven't really paid attention to um thematically stuff you've done like are sheila divine dear leader stuff are they topical or is it just kind of more not topical music and with a new record i mean the last year and a half has given everybody plenty of content but really yeah. like world on edge seems to be maybe the only song that really is topical uh, yeah is that, is that fair oh uh, yeah i think so for sure yeah and that's actually world on edge was one of the ones i did in my 70 songs so okay. it was just one that i really like Very cool. So, so you're, do you I would say TSD is much more, I don't want to, say, <laughs> I'm trying to think what it is, but Dear Leader is definitely like more of my political, social, like that's that band. Like, yeah. so that, that was much more like I really would think about lyrics. I feel like Sheila Devine was more poetry. And this one, you know, I was trying to go more on a vibe of just sort of, create create if we're if if a band was going to start a cult or something like that's kind of like the way i went with this one 
Well, so I think it is funny because you've mentioned that you mentioned like like where you were going to tell people you recorded. So it, it like have you created this backstory between the two of you of like really what this is? Uh, no, no. We're kind of working that out as as we go right now. So we'll see where <laughs> we'll see where it takes us. I uh, I envision like that that band ghost. Like I envision this whole yeah, right. I know thing, I, thing around you guys that. We, I mean, we talk that way, but then like, you know, execution is the, <laughs> it's the part, like the, it's a commitment to something like that. But yeah, I don't know. It's just, just trying to create like a mood, you know, all the albums that I loved as a kid or, you know, as a teenager, they, you know, they were just, you'd have the vinyl and it would just be like a picture and like barely any, any liner notes. I mean, you just have to like you look at this image and then listen to it and you're like, what it like there's, you know, and you'd go to the store and pick them out based on the artwork. And you're like, okay, like, I don't know if I like this, but I'm going to like it. Like KMFDM, like it's not right. that good, but, but you're like, it was a cool art. Like, and by, you know, after the 50th time you listen to it, you're like, I like this. So, oh, oh. Uh, I mean, I have that conversation all the time as, as the old guy, when I work with people that are younger about, you know, those records cost me money. Like my Spotify yeah. subscription is 10 bucks a month and I can listen to everything. And I can't tell you, like if you, if, if you pull up album covers and ask me my favorite records of last year, what they look like, I'm like, I can't tell you if it's that cover, or that cover. Cause I totally haven't looked at them. Um, but when I was a kid spending $14 on a CD to your point, like I made myself, I made myself like it, even if I didn't, cause I had, cause I spent that money. Yeah. So are you you're I, doing, you're doing a vinyl release for this? Uh, in theory. Yeah. I mean, right now the vinyl industry, it's just so crazy that like, you know, Paul, the, uh, the drummer and who's putting it out. He's like, you know, it's like a year. <laughs> so, so I was like, I don't want to wait a year. Like we have to put this out. So yeah. yeah, I think we'll put it out, but I mean, who knows when. Yeah. You've seen the shift in tides and Steven, I don't know the recorded output you've done, but like the, the idea, first of all, like changing release dates from Tuesdays to Fridays still to me like blows my mind. Like I'm still not used to it, even though it's been a long time now. And as an artist, I was talking to somebody the other day that I interviewed, that's a new band putting out their first record. And I'm sure, I'm not sure, but Aaron, at, at some point when Sheila Devine was releasing stuff, there must've been some sort of rush, right? Like go to Newberry Comics at 10 AM. Cause that's when they open, maybe not be the first person in line, but just walk in and just flip through and just to make sure that they have it, you know, like there's oh, absolutely. Rush. and now it's like uh refresh Spotify to make sure that like, it's, dropped at midnight right I, I feel like some of that's been lost as a musician you, absolutely you probably, and yeah. then you're just like is anyone listening to it and like oh am i am i getting on playlists like i mean that whole world i just like i mean i'm it's it's definitely beyond me i still personally like to to go to newberry comics old school oh. style and flip through or on, on something that i'm really excited about and i want to hear i will make sure that i won't be first in line by any means but i will make sure that i'm there to to physically buy it because there's something still extremely satisfying and rewarding that yeah sure i i have a spotify subscription as well but to have a tangible item in my hand that i can open and smell is still very important uh for me for for music listener oh for sure being in the basement and uh having access to my record player i bought i bought more brand new vinyl yeah in the last 18 months than i've than i've ever bought that's why and, there's a year wait now uh, yeah i know right <laughs> Did either of you discover any new music during the last year? Now that you've had kind of a little bit, maybe more time to to spend on music, um, I, I I certainly did. I 
I, I don't really care if this is like a guilty pleasure or not, but I love uh, Jack Antonoff's work. <laughs> and he did, he worked on um, an artist Claro's record. Oh yeah. Um, that was um, weirdly sentimental to me for some reason. I mean, that's more recent. I don't really think that was in the pandemic, but I started to pay attention more to Taylor Swift than I ever thought that I would. And I really enjoyed uh her folklore record um because he was all over that and he had a big influence on it um just his production style i really started to listen to and that kind of like led me down on a, a, a deeper path of, of production in general um which was really ear opening um on a lot of levels and especially for for aaron and the lord it was pretty um important just for new new paths to take while working within a session so i, I don't really have any other like exact examples but i yeah. know that jack antonoff and clara was was pretty big yeah i mean folklore is one of those new albums that i bought in the last year that i probably would not have bought had i not been sticking in my basement being able to listen to music around the clock so yeah right. uh yeah i i tend to just pair um whatever i'm cooking with a theme thematic music um so that's pretty much and it's always 1950s 1960s french like whatever and then that's what i so i feel like that was what got me like incorporated like i started you know listening to like cool reggae bass lines and being like, i just love, <laughs> love reggae bass and like just trying to like do that in recording it's like the most fun thing ever <laughs> so i'm actually really glad you said that because that reminded me i was going to ask you and when you mentioned steven played the drums so uh this this love ain't dead like that to me, the first time I heard it definitely has like a fifties yep. early rock feel to it. What, I mean, what, I, I, I was imitating, uh, I mean, I was, I was trying to do uh Las Vegas really, if you know, know. that movie, that band, which is like shoegaze fifties. Yeah, um, yeah. but yeah, but, and then actually Paul Coldry played bass on that one, which okay. is like, and he's amazing. <laughs> but like even the back and forth with Tanya and just the, the whole, yeah. it, it definitely gives off that, that, yeah, I mean, that was the goal. I, originally, when we were talking, I was to ta like Tanya, I was like, I'd love to make a record that was uh, like Sid, or not Sid, sorry, uh, Lee Hazelwood and Nancy Sinatra, but but the sound is the Cocteau Twins. And that was sort of, that was what I want. That's sort of was the goal with that. I love that. That's awesome. <laughs> I love, I mean, I love that, but the interplay of, um, and I've always wanted to, ever since she sang with the Catherine wheel, like I always like kind of wanted to do something with her since like, you know, I knew I, her kind of, I forgot that that's a, uh, that's uh Judy staring at the sun. Yeah. I forgot she did that. Yeah. That is an yeah. awesome song. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know during pandemic, maybe not during pandemic, but, um, I spent a lot of time watching TV. I do that all the time anyway, but, uh, Friday night YouTube pulling up nineties videos has been like a, a <laughs> passion for me. Same. And um I mean I love Super Connected when it was out, uh, but watching it again like that, I love that song so much. Like that yeah. I think I love it more now than when it was out, but that's a song that I I, I didn't rediscover it because I've always liked it, but that song really kind of hit. Yeah. I mean, you know, when I mean even I mean honestly, like I mean, I was definitely fanning out. Like I was just like, I can't believe she's 
wants it. Like <laughs> we'll do something. <laughs> so that was super nice. And then, then I would like, after that, I was like, Oh, I wonder if this person will do it. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm really busy. I really appreciate that. You know, that kind of <laughs> yeah. Uh, are those still maybe, uh, Aaron and Lord part two album? Like, do you still think that you uh, might do some more stuff with some other folks? Maybe. I don't know. I mean, I will say like, I worked pretty far into album two already. Um, mm-hmm. I kind of like had this sort of concept and I've kind of run with it. Um, and I haven't had anyone else really sing on it or anything yet, but yeah. could, maybe I'll do it. So, so you guys, you said you met in person for the first time last night, not ever, but just oh. in since pandemic. Oh, 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 got, got yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And was that in Vermont or Boston or no, uh, I was in Salem. We we okay. had a little. We jammed out a little. Awesome, very cool. How how have uh, how has the last eighteen months been for the two of you in terms of? Did you take this stuff seriously? Were you locked down, not talking to anybody and seeing anybody? And did it feel like there was the Wizard of Oz moment from black and white to color when you actually got to go outside and talk to people, or, or were you kind of leading life the way you sort of were before? I was in Vermont, so it was pretty. I can't. I mean, we were definitely locked down but i mean it's just like nobody there so it's like it's easy to just be outdoors and doing stuff and you know i definitely saw people like the few friends i have but it's like you know outside yeah yeah how about you yeah kind of similar for me i uh my girlfriend and i got a dog and um that was mainly our pandemic we didn't we, we saw people sporadically and that was again i was outside too um, but honestly, it was mostly music and I was okay with that. I really, uh, yeah, I locked the doors and I was kind of okay with that too. Um, my girlfriend and I made a little EP together for fun. Okay. Um, and I worked on these two records. Um, and I, I, I'm a extroverted introvert sometimes. So I, I was totally okay. Um, just kind of locking the door and just focusing on this music stuff for a while. Nice. So one thing I want to do, uh, I'm always interested in, and actually, I think, I don't know exactly the story you'll tell, Aaron, but I I do know something about you that we talked about years ago, I think. I want to wrap it up with wondering what your Ohio story is, your Ohio connection is. It seems like um, everybody's got some sort of Ohio story. And if I remember correctly, Aaron, didn't you live in Westerville for a little Mm -hmm. while? Yep. Yeah. Uh, You know, when I was growing up, I... uh, my parents, we moved to Columbus, Westerville in fifth grade. Um, I was there for like just fifth grade. Then my parents got divorced and my mom, we moved back. Uh, so, I mean, I can't say it was like a great time in my life. I was pretty, yeah. pretty, pretty, pretty dark place. Um, my dad still lives in Cleveland. So, you know, I, you know, I definitely have some, that's an Ohio thing. My also, our van got broken into at little brothers. So that's, that's a good one. <laughs> they stole my camera and like my uh, underwear. <laughs> not good. How about Steven? You got any Ohio? And it doesn't have to be like you, like Aaron, actually you're part of the reason I asked this question, right? Because it was you and Walter from quicksand who lived in Columbus shortly or for a brief period of time. And mm. it got me to realizing that like, that people have, a lot of people I talk to will say my aunt lives in Ohio or like people you wouldn't expect. Oh, my college roommate was from Ohio. Um, we visited Cedar point or something. So, uh, Steven, any, any Ohio connection stories, memories? Um, I've never actually been to Ohio, but I used what? to say, right. 
I used to play in a band. I used to play banjo in a brother sister duo that was uh, Cambridge based, but they're from Columbus, Ohio. So uh, I've, I feel like I've been there by way of banjo, but never actually stepped foot. In <laughs> there you go. Well, like I said, I think everybody has some sort of connection at some point, even if you've never been here. Yeah. Also, just like I'm just a fan of Ohio politics and your politicians. They're just so wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> My God. <laughs> like, what uh, are you guys doing? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's uh yeah it's all the uh district lines and stuff that are yeah it's, I, just I, I, it's crazy very good cool i think that is uh that's all the time i have probably all the all questions right. i have too so appreciate right. it uh yeah. the record i i mean I, i'm a fan the record's great you i've been a fan um of all your stuff I didn't listen to all 70 songs. I'll admit that, but, uh, that's, it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's a commitment. All right. Cool. All right. Well, well thank you it. so much. Chip. Yeah. No problem. Good to meet thank you. Nice to meet you. All right. Yeah. It was awesome catching up. Yep. Take care. All right. All see right. ya. Bye.